Boomtron. 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 Boomtron, but you're never gonna move on. Netflix OGs get your groove on. We talk about it all, we could be wrong. Kill the better views like a Demogorgon. Boomtron, but you're never gonna move on. Just a few guys talking about the originals. Yo, pick a favorite show, we can put it on. We know it also, nothing's atypical. And welcome to episode 19 of the Boomtron Podcast. We're hitting play on Netflix Originals. I'm joined by Damon and Amy. Hello, everybody. How's everyone doing today? Okay. Doing well. Doing well. Yeah. Cold, but I mean, not cold like you guys cold, but you know, cold. Yeah, I'm sitting here watching a whole bunch of snowfall on top of a whole bunch of snow that already fell, so. Yeah, we got that, that rain on rain. That's about it. And we got snow on snow. Yeah. All right. So, you know, we got some one show that we're really going to dive into today, Firefly Lane. But uh, before we get into that, Amy, do you or Damon, did you guys watch anything else? I did. I did. Um, I had reviewed a couple of episodes ago, Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. And season two was released. The kids are still stuck on the island. But now we've got some villains who've come to harm the dinosaurs. I'm telling you, this show continues to be excellent. It's a great representation of the Jurassic Park, Jurassic World movies, um, and the whole storyline there. There's enough action and intrigue and danger to keep adults engaged, but not so much that it scares little kids. It's, it's awesome. It's a great, great show. Two thumbs up for this one, and they definitely set us up for season three. I had mentioned last episode that I had just started watching a show called Daughter from Another Mother. It's from Mexico. It's TVMA. It's subtitled, but it's not dubbed in English. So you had to watch the screen if you don't speak Spanish. And I watched the screen. I speak Spanish. I don't speak enough of it that I could follow without watching. And maybe it's because I really had to be engaged. I couldn't be doing something else. I don't know. I loved this show. It was fantastic. I finished the whole series. It's, I had, again, I had mentioned it last time. It's the two women who had babies. The babies were switched at the hospital. The hospital figures it out about a month or so in, and then they tell them, you know, lawyers are involved. You got to switch the babies back, but nobody wants to switch the babies back at this point. And so instead they wind up kind of raising them together. The one mother moves in with the other family the characters, the acting, the storyline, all of it. It was funny. It was touching. It was just a really, really good show. I loved this show, and it was a huge surprise. And then the last one that I watched was Finding Ohana. Um, it's PG. Yeah, th- this is one I'm interested in, but that's what I was going to ask you. Like, what does that PG actually mean? So there's, you know, it it's the Goonies. It's the Goonies in Hawaii, basically. It's these, it's the PG is more for, like, there's some... I liked it. ...language, but it's not, like, adult language, really. It's just kind of, like, kid language. I I don't know how to explain it. I I didn't find anything to be offensive. I watched it with my nine-year-old and had no problems with that. And I tend to be a little more cautious, but I thought it was great. I thought it was a great story about kids and families and friendship. There was enough intrigue and mystery and trying to find a treasure and it was really great like i said it was like the goonies are even maybe kind of like outer banks for kids 
uh, in Hawaii. Th- those are some 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 real high praise. I mean, the Goonies is the Goonies. Like, well, I'm talking about just like in terms of storyline, like okay. this, this idea of these kids coming together to, you know, follow a treasure map or find a hidden cave or you know what I mean, that kind of thing. And the same thing with Outer Banks. I'm just but, saying, like the whole let's find the shipwreck type thing. But was it? Enough of a different, like, because look, I mean, Goonies does it really well. Was it enough of a difference, right? Because it can be good, but was it different than Goonies, or is it just oh, yes. the newer Goonies? No, it was totally different than Goonies. It's just, okay. it's just like the best example I can think of. If somebody's saying like, "Well, what's it like?" But which is better? Um, I mean, <laughs> I'm an '80s kid, Goonies. Okay. Um, <laughs> but you know, my my nine year old might think that. This is the one because I tried to get him to watch Goonies and he was like, this is not for me. Um, so, but he loved this. So it was good. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. You saw it too, Diego, yeah? I did. And I, I enjoyed it. I, I was a little worried about it, thinking that it was going to be a little too kiddish, but it wasn't. It was, it was good. It was, I enjoyed it. It was, it was I might watch that today then. That might be doable with my 10 year old. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. But that's it. Those are the three that I watched. Those are the other three that I watched besides the one that we're going to talk about besides Firefly Lane. All right. Damon, did you uh, get to watch anything else? So, I mean, nothing new. I'm still going through Arrested Development, which I'm on the final season finally. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it last time. I did watch Headspace Guide to Meditation. How was that? It was okay. It wasn't what I expected. Um, I, I expected... I, I don't know what I expected. I expected to be... <laughs> I expect you don't it to sound be, relaxed. No, I expected it to be more about like learning about meditation, and maybe it was. And then I expected more like, I guess I, I looked at like some, I expected some good chunks of like, okay, start here, end here, meditation stuff. And it's not necessarily what it was. So it was okay. Um, but like I said, really, my, my goal is to get through Arrested Development at this point. As it's on Netflix. Do you meditate? Like, did you watch it for, did you watch it just for curiosity's sake? Or did you watch it because you were planning on using what they were telling no, you? No, I, I meditate with my daughter. It's just, it's sometimes it's very difficult to find something good and, and non-repetitive. I mean, I, I understand meditation is repetitive in, it, in general, right? But it's always nice to have a few. I, I just didn't like it that much. You know what I mean? I found some way better ones meditation-wise. And it's not like my daughter needed... It's not like it needed to be kitted down for what we were doing. You kind of know what I mean? So, like, this was kind of... It was... It was. It just... I don't know. It wasn't for me. Okay. Fair enough. What about you, Dick? Uh, I got to watch the Brooklyn Saints, which was like the little documentary about the football, like the Pee Wee Football League in Brooklyn. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Just seeing like the, I, you know, I don't plan on my son playing football. It's just, I didn't play football, so I don't, and he's not really interested in it, but it was nice seeing what football was like in New York and in the Pee Wee League. And, you know, it was, so it was cool. I enjoyed it. It was only like six episodes, maybe. It reminded me of this other documentary that I saw that was, I think it was mostly YouTube. It was based off the basketball program in newark and it had jay williams on it and that was really good it wasn't as good as that one but it was good it was nice and then i watch the dig which mm. is like a true the true story about them finding treasure in this lady's land in england during like i i want to say with world war ii uh, right at the beginning of world war ii 
So it was interesting. It was nice. It was it was slow, but I got through it because I wanted to see like what they found and what happened yeah. with it. So that that was cool. And my parents actually started watching it last night, so I didn't get a chance to ask them if they saw it yet, but or if they finished it and what they thought. But I enjoyed it. it was it was different. It's- has anyone seen Invisible City? Because the second season is coming out, but I just, I, I didn't know if anyone had seen the first season. Uh, so that was on my list. That was actually the other one I was originally thinking we maybe could watch for, for this show. Um, it looks that really good, fun. but I haven't, I haven't seen it. That would have been a better decision by you. Hey, who knew? <laughs> I would have taken Space Sweepers over this. <laughs> oh, I started watching that last night. I didn't get to finish it, though. Okay, it's long. It looked like it was. It was. That's why I didn't get to finish it. I started at like ten thirty, and then like it was eleven thirty twelve, and I was like, "Oh, I can't make it." Is it dubbed it. or is it? Yeah, it's dubbed. Okay, it's, du- it's dubbed. It's dubbed. Okay. But it was good. It was good. You guys ready to start talking about Firefly Lane? Unfortunately, sure. <laughs> All right, Amy. So, what do we lead us off here? All right, so. Firefly Lane is the Netflix adaptation of the book, the wildly popular book by Kristen Hanna. Kristen Hanna is an author who is just ridiculously popular. She sells tons and tons of books. She's a beautiful, beautiful writer. And Firefly Lane is one of the Kristen Hanna classics that people just love and talk about it all the time. So when I saw that this was coming... I was super excited and uh, told you guys that I thought this is what we should watch because people will know it. And, you know, I, as it turns out, you know, you can see from our Netflix page, there were people who were like, oh, I love this book. I'm going to watch it. As I spoke to other people, they're like, oh, I love this book. I'm going to watch it. I reread the book in the days leading up to the show just so that it was fresh in my memory because I read it a while ago. And it's the story of... Kate and Tully, these two girls who meet in eighth grade when Tully moves across the street and just kind of their lifelong friendship, right? And so the show takes the book and kind of, you know, turns it into 10 episodes, I guess. I can, we'll obviously go episode by episode. Do you want me to tell you like what, I'm just gonna say, so format wise, format wise, the book goes chronologically. The book starts out when they meet in eighth grade and then just continues on through their lives together. The show breaks it up. The show breaks it up. So in every single episode, there's... But, but So hold on. Do they at least get to... So is this all the books together then? Not books. Uh, book. Oh, it's just one it's book. It's just one book. Okay. Yeah. We could have led with that. Oh, well, I, <laughs> I said it's based on the book by Kristen Hanna. I heard Anessa. I heard Anessa. Oh, I might have heard Anessa, I don't too. think you did. Um, I didn't realize that. So, okay. So, the book goes, well, since it's one book, it makes sense to go. And, so, so did they stretch it too long? Stretch. Well, that's a that's a whole the whole series. It felt like it was too long. I felt like yeah. ten episodes was brutal. And but. to be honest with you, they ended the tenth episode. Like they they didn't even cover everything that was in the book. So the way that the last episode ended in the series, they definitely set it up for a season two. But there are some it's one book. There are some. It's a big book. <laughs> there are some major major things that are different in the series and the book, which totally changed the story overall okay so we'll, we'll get there okay, we'll, we'll get, get there. there we'll get there so episode one 
So let me say this first. Even if you hate everything about the series, the music alone, I think, is worth tuning in for. I mean, again, mm-hmm. they they were they they grew up when I grew up. Their lives happened when my life happened. So all of the music was familiar to me, was just comforting to me. So I really did enjoy the music um, throughout the show. I thought the music was great. Wait, 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 wait. They're teenagers in '82. So they're a little. You older. weren't a teenager. No, but in they're 82. a little. They were in eighth grade at eighty-two. I was in fourth grade in eighty-two. But yeah, I still that's listened not to close. all the music. I was four years younger. Okay. 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 Anyway, episode one. <laughs> episode one. In episode one, it says Kate experiences the force of nature that is Tully when they meet as teens at their first journalism jobs in nineteen eighty-two, and over a PTA crush in two thousand three. So again. The way that the series did it is they pulled something that happened when they were kids, like something that happened in the 70s or 80s, something that happened in the late 80s, 90s, something that happened in the 2000s, and they would just go back and forth between all of those time frames. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. (laughs) So they start in the 80s. You're mixing up time. Whatever happened in the 90s, it looks like it's 82, and then is 2003 now or is now now? 2003 sounds like is a Spaceballs episode. I'm yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't. I want to know what the time frame is. I think 2003 are. is supposed to be around the now, because I think that I think the the now comes in a so little bit later. So what's the middle? Well, but they what's didn't. The middle, they, then? they didn't cover everything. Like they didn't cover like when the girls were in high school, and they didn't cover when they were in college. So there's a mm. lot that they didn't cover. Right. So what you're saying so, right now is right. my biggest frustration with the series. Is well, so I have to even now take a step back. So now we're going to look at something and say they're nowhere close to your age because if their first journalism jobs are in '82, that means when they were teenagers, that's the '70s. Yeah, they were teenagers. You in the were 70s. barely born. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. But I still knew all the music. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure we're on the same page we here. That's are. all. I feel like that's so. It looks like '70s, '80s, and 2000s as important of a detail. But yes, yes, it seems oh, like all that's details what it are is. important to me. That, that seems like. That's the the way that it flows, right? So it opens up, and automatically they're talking about Kate getting divorced, right? Kate is in the middle of this divorce, and she and Tully talk a lot about this divorce, which right off the bat confused the heck out of me. There's no divorce in the book. So when they're talking about Kate getting divorced, I'm like, wait, what what, what are you talking about? So right off the bat, they've, they've pulled you out of the book and kind of changed it. The big thing here is they're kind of setting up who who they are, right? Kate is from mm-hmm. this family. She's got these parents. She's got a brother. Tully That's lives... a family. You got it. You're but I point. mean, like a, it seems like a <laughs> solid family. Tully lives... Wait, she doesn't have a dad, though, does she? Or does she? I, oh, she does. Kate does. Kate does, yeah. Kate yeah. Does, yeah. Tully... I just don't... Was he in the first episode, though? I feel like I just saw the mom. I don't remember. I like didn't okay. write down a character list as I watched the first episode. I don't remember. Slacker. Okay. <laughs> but Tully lives with her grandmother. Tully's this little girl who's with her grandmother. And the first scene that we get of Tully is she's up in her bedroom at her grandmother's house playing with her dolls. And then the doorbell rings. It's her mom who's come to get her. And right off the bat, they set her up as mom is a total flake. She's she's um, very involved in causes. She's a pothead. And she wants to take... Kate uh, t- wants to take Tully with her and Tully's like no uh, you know grandma no and 
She winds up taking her. She takes her to a protest. Well, see, I didn't feel like that. She didn't say grandma. No, she looked like she went with her. The grandma was like, hey, don't go. And she's like uh, pretty much out. Okay. I so maybe it's, like maybe it's later when she does. But she goes and mom immediately loses her in the crowd. And Correct. so she loses her. I thought crowd. that girl was going to was gonna help her though. Like the girl that kept looking like at yes, her. Yes, I did see her that. Her friend. And then she was just like, nah. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> helps her. She's lost in the crowd. She winds up curling up on a park bench by herself and eventually winds up being returned to grandma. Because that would have been a game changer. And I think that that was such a weird sort of thing because that friend kept looking at her and looking at her and looking at her. And you're like, okay, she's going to get her. And then, no. Right. Right. Exactly. And And again, it kind of sets up this. I think they were setting up this dynamic between Telly and her mom or that, you know, you can't trust your mom. Your mom has says she's going to do one thing. She does another. Mom is really more about herself. Um, and that it also sets up Tully as, a, as an adult in that she just doesn't really rely on anybody except for Kate, right? I really felt like in this first episode, the adult Tully that we see, she's fundamentally unhappier than the one in the book. The book Tully was way more... I don't know, self-centered than this one. She was too self-centered to be unhappy, I guess, if that makes any sense. And she really didn't become this person that she was in the series right off from episode one until the very, very end of the book. I was also kind of disappointed with Kate's mom because in the book, Kate's mom was a little bit more low-key. She plays a huge role, but just her character was a little more low-key. And she just seemed a little much in the show. And then... The episode ends with Johnny, um, who is Kate's husband, going to Tully and saying, you know, I don't have a wife, which then, of course, makes you wonder what's happened between Kate and this. If I hadn't read the book, I don't know that I would have kept watching after this first episode. There was too much kind of back and forth between the two. Visually, I didn't even think visually it looked great. I don't know. Maybe it was just the different representations of the time periods. I just... I don't know. That's kind of how I felt about this first episode. What were your thoughts? It was interesting. I mean, for me, the, the first episode, and when we get to the second one, I'll probably say the same. It was just slow. It was hard yeah. to get into. It was hard to get into. Um, I feel like nothing happens. Right. Like, it's a setup, but, like, I don't need a whole episode setup. Like, it wasn't that hard to understand what the characters were about. And the setup was too long. And like Diego says, I think it almost goes on outside of this episode being set up. And I enjoy, I enjoy the scenes when they are young, when they're in the middle school, is it middle school? Yeah, they're in eighth grade. Like I I think, I think the, the actresses do a very good job. Like they're very believable. Like I could, I feel like I connected more with them. And even when they were in like a little bit older, more than I do so when they're adults. Like I almost can't stand them when they're adults. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I would agree with that. And and I and I agree with that too. And and see that again, that's that's kind of my issue with the whole thing is that the book has this this build to adulthood. I, I don't like them as adults either in the show because I don't know enough about them as kids. I didn't know anything. Right. Yeah, I didn't know I wasn't invested and you're right, the three time differences make it hard to get invested it, because you it, already know where the journey is right it had a very it had a very uh i don't know if you guys watch it but I, I, amy i know you do this is us yeah yeah where it ha- where it has like the different timelines 
Yeah, I would but, agree with that. And maybe that's what they were trying to do here. I feel like This Is Us has a different way of doing that, though, where, strangely, the the sections in the different time periods are almost a little bit shorter. And, and they will focus on one particular thread. Like, there's more connection, I feel like, in This Is Us when they're going between the times like, okay, today we're going to focus on Kevin and his movie career. So, you know, they talk about Kevin when he was a kid and then they talk about Kevin as a teenager and as an adult, but it's all focusing on that one thread. I felt like this didn't really start to do that until the end. I felt like more towards the end, I was like, okay, I see why they're showing us this in the past. I see why they're showing us this in the 80s and because it connects to what's happening today. But here in the beginning, when I think they really needed to do that the most... I didn't really feel like they did that. So so episode two. Episode two, the summary is a traumatic assault, a hidden romance, and a signed consent form. Secrets both shared and unspoken test Kate and Tully's friendship over the years. So it's in episode two where Tully goes to, she's, again, she's an eighth grader. She, but she's, again, she's very independent Right? She has this mother who does not mother her, so she basically has to take care of herself. And the result is there aren't any restrictions on her. There aren't any, there's nobody telling her, like, <clears throat> this isn't a good idea, or that might not be the right thing to do. So she's invited to this party by this senior, and the party's out in the woods, and she goes and she winds up being raped. And then she comes back and she winds up telling Kate about this. It's a really disturbing scene, um, and she wants. It, it is, but I just don't think it was. I think what ends up happening is this huge disturbing scene, but I just don't see the kind of. I, I wish it had more impact on her life. Like I wish, I wish we were able to see a little bit more how it impacted her, and I felt like it was traumatic assault, and then that's all we kind of hear about it. See, and I don't that's know. the thing, and and again, and I hate to keep doing this, but. I think that's what the beauty of the book was because it it does set it up. And I think it, the connection isn't made as readily here. It shows yes. because of this, she doesn't want relate. She believes that men are not to be trusted. And she believes that men want one thing from I think her. It was, and she doesn't yep. want relationships. And that's It's harder that. to put those two things together yeah. when you see it disjointed like this. Exactly. Exactly. And it do, it's not as poignant. That's a good uh, point. Of, yeah, yeah, it's not as poignant for the viewer when you've already kind of seen that in episode one. Right. Like, that's the problem. Like, they kind of, you know, got ahead of themselves. Yes. Like, I don't know that's why the way she is in episode one. And now I've seen episode two, and I still have a hard time connecting the dots because it's out of order. Yes, exactly. So. That's exactly right. They, they got this ahead of themselves. This is probably the only scene that I was like, oh, I care about what's happening right like i care about tully and i see how this is character you know development and part of her life and how this is going to impact things and then it's gone and i'm like okay the whole rest of the show i don't care about anything exactly exactly and it you know like i said because i read the book i was a i knew what this was setting up like what is the issue going to be here but i think the other piece of this and to be honest i think it's Maybe this is just me making a connection because I really do love Kristen Hanna's writing, but I think this would be a crappy thing to have happen to Tully to cement a friendship. But I also think the fact that Kate, she tells Kate and Kate keeps her secret. 
I feel like, and then kind of becomes her partner later at trying to get revenge, which by the way, doesn't actually happen in the book. Um, I feel like this is also something that's used to kind of cement their friendship. So then when you get to the, the current time, they start talking a little bit more about why Kate and Johnny's marriage is over. And it sounds like she had some flirty emails with a dad on the PTA. And it doesn't really jive with what they've shown us about who Kate is. And it doesn't really seem like, and again, they don't really tell us the extent of these emails, but they don't seem like it's enough that they would be getting divorced. I don't think people get divorced over emails, do they? Right. Like, it's just a weird, <laughs> I don't know. And again, it doesn't I mean, maybe It doesn't do. happen in the book. They're, they're not getting divorced in the book. And there were no flirty emails with oh, some man. PTA guy. So it's a very different, like, and when this is happening, I was like, this doesn't ring true. Like, this just doesn't make sense. And then in the same episode, Tully starts a relationship with this EMT guy. Again, not in the book. Um, but that right off the bat seemed a little more like Tully, just, it's just a fling, whatever, this is no big deal. Um, which that did seem kind of true. But again, it's an episode that was almost an hour long. And I didn't really feel like very much happened other than the rape. Um, the, the rest of it, oh, they also did, sorry, that's not true. They did talk about, it also sets up where Tully and Kate um, have a huge blowout because Kate's daughter, Mara, wants to get on birth control pills. And her mother will not, you know, she's like, I'm not even telling my mom. She'll never sign the form. And so Tully signs the form, which is a huge overstep. Um, yeah, which would never happen anyway. It would they don't never. Have anyone I besides parents. I feel like the, I, I feel like that would happen. Do you? I feel like the, I feel like some people would do it. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think you can. Yeah, like, I don't think you can. That's true. Uh, oh yeah, whether you can or cannot, I mean, I'm sure people have done it. Yeah. I'm but sure but she'd have to sign as the mom. Yeah, she signed as yeah. herself. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was the unbelievable part. There yeah. For me. And again, but her her sign. Someone else signing a form for a, a kid. A medical form I, to boot, yeah. I, I, I could believe it. I could believe that. Hmm. I could believe well, it. I didn't buy it. Didn't happen in the book. Um, and <laughs> What happened in the book? I'll, I'll tell you guys show. at the end what happened in the book. Um, it was a great book. But, you know, this is something that happens. But we can see from other scenes that we've already seen that they make up. They get over it. So it seems like nothing that Tully does is going to be bad enough where they're not going to be able to be friends anymore. And then, of course, later episodes will show us maybe something did happen that was bad enough. But so I don't even know what happened. Well, like, I mean, I think I, I know what happened. But do they even tell us what happened? in the book. But if right. there's... Keep it, there's, keep it moving because I don't even know why they're not friends. <laughs> so episode, which is so stupid. Episode three, they're sneaking out to a high school dance, breaking a news story, and enjoying a night on the town. Tully and Kate whirl through life. And that's kind of how I felt about this episode, that they just kind of whirled <laughs> through the episode. I didn't even really take a lot of notes on it because I'm watching no, and I was like, happens. what is going on here? So this is where um, the mom, Kate's mom, Mrs. Malarkey, goes across the street to Tully's house to bring... Uh, a tea because Tully is so embarrassed of her mother and her mother's behavior that she's told Kate that her mother has cancer. Kate has told her mother that Tully's mom has cancer. So Mrs. Malarkey's sister had cancer and she really thought this tea really helped her with the chemo. 
She makes a thermos of the tea. She goes over to Tully's house. Tully doesn't want her to go in. Mom goes in. She walks in the house. She sees Cloud, who's Tully's mom, laying on the couch. There's bongs everywhere. There's weed out. There, you know, it's just a mess. And she immediately knows what's happening. And so she goes into the kitchen and she starts talking to Tully. And and this did happen in the book. And I'm kind of disappointed because this was a really... Mrs. Malarkey and Tully had a really strong relationship in the book. And it started right here where Mrs. Malarkey says to Tully, you know, my dad was the town drunk. My sister had to go and get him out of the bars and he would hit her and yell at her and everybody knew. And my sister then started to run with a faster crowd and Tully kind of finishes the sentence and she's like, yeah, so that nobody would ever pity her, which is exactly what Tully's doing. So Mrs. Mrs. Malarkey is like, I see you. I get it. I understand. And in the book, it really forms this strong bond. Tully becomes part of that family. She calls Mrs. Malarkey when she needs advice. She goes to the house. She asks her for things. She becomes her mother. And then Mrs. Malarkey, which which makes more sense in the book, where Tully gets this drive to become this TV personality. In the In the show, the mom says, you know, you could be the next, and I can't remember the lady's name, but the next first female news anchor there already is one out in Seattle and because they don't have this super strong relationship in the show it's just weird to me that that's the thing that Tully holds on to and is going for for the rest of her life whereas in the book she really is just trying to make Mrs. Malarkey proud Um, so again the fact that they don't develop that relationship more is sad because it was a really great great relationship Um, and then Again, they start to set something up with the mom that the mom might be having an affair. Kate kind of overhears something. Again, that didn't happen in the book. The issue... Yeah, why, why do we need that Right. Here? The issue with Kate's family, the issue with Kate and her family in the book is that she feels like her mom prefer, prefers Tully. And that's really a lifelong that thing be that better. she feels, right? And here, it's that the mom is maybe having an affair with some guy, mm-hmm. which I think is a kind of crappy thing to do to the mom because the mom was a really strong <laughs> character. So again, you're taking like this strong female character who had a lot of impact on this lost girl in the book, and you're making the mom into somebody who is kind of crappy in her own right. And I don't know. It, it was just disappointing to me. Then they have this plot to take revenge on Pat, the guy that raped Tully, and they go to this high school dance, and they really start to show here how Tully has, Tully, it becomes close to Kate's brother because she, he's the one that she confides in, that he confides in that he's gay, and he's having a relationship with his best friend, Robbie. The family doesn't know. Kate doesn't know. Kate has this huge crush on Robbie. They dance at the dance, and... You know, Tully's never telling her, like, you know, he might not be into you, even though she knows that he's gay. It's just this weird, again, not in the book, weird thing that happened. I didn't understand the purpose of it in the show. And then the episode ends with Tully collapsing and what's going to be wrong with Tully. So that was my take on episode three. Again, not much happened in episode three, but episode three was a tough one for me simply because... I saw how they were setting up these characters that I really loved in the book, setting them up to not be so lovable in the in the show. Did you guys have thoughts on this episode, or did I sum it up for you? No, you summed no, it up. You summed it up very well. <laughs> we're just gonna no, there, we're gonna nothing... interject. 
Okay, you interject. I'll let you run the show and we'll just interject. Okay. Episode four. Tully and Kate weather health issues and romantic entanglements from a college dalliance to a steamy encounter. So this episode opens up with Kate and Mara pulling up. And it's obviously years in the future because they have already said that Kate is, or that Mara is 14, but here she's driving. They, they pull up to a church. They're dressed in funeral clothes. They're not saying who is dead. At one point, Kate says to Mara, you know, she would know how to handle this. And Mara's like, she would. I miss her. And Kate's like, I kind of miss her too. So now I'm like, oh my God, is it Tully? Is Tully dead? Have they killed Tully? Like, what is this? And I'm like, nope, they can't kill Tully. And so now I realize this is going to be their thing to kind of pull us in. Like, we're going to have to keep watching so that we can find out. Which again, Diego, is something that This Is Us does, right? They end each episode by you know, introducing this, some weird new character that we've never heard of. And now we're or like, it's a lot of, or it's, sorry, it's always a lot of misdirection. Like they make you think this, but really this is happening and it all gets revealed like the next episode. And yes. it's like, it's always like a lot of misdirection on like what you see on the surface, but then what's really behind the scenes kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. So it was just weird. It was just, I don't know. So it's in this episode where, Tully that now they suddenly are showing them in college for a hot second and taking these journalism classes and Tully is really trying to get recognized by her journalism professor um, and he keeps overlooking her keeps overlooking her keeps overlooking her and she can't figure out why he's overlooking her and she's really annoyed and so she finally goes to see him and he's telling her that you know he thinks she has all this great potential and so on and so forth and so he said, you know, I want to see what you can really do. And so she films herself and then he watches it. And he's like, yeah, see how you're tense here. You got to be more confident with the story, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, he's like this. And then she does it again. And he's like, yes, this is it. This is great. And then she's like, so is this why you keep overlooking me? He's like, no, because I know you can be great. And it's a little difficult when a professor has feelings for one of his students. And then I was like, <laughs> good God. Because yes. So this did happen in the book, but because I know how the story plays out, um, I know that he loves her and that he wants to be with her and marry with her. And he winds up pining for her years after they break up. But it really makes me sad in the moment here because poor Tully cannot catch a break with adults. Here's another adult who isn't taking care of her, but is taking advantage of her. And again, great for storyline because it does set up Tully's mistrust. Tully's not relying on people, right? Because there are these people in our life that are supposed to take care of her and they're not. And this is where I really feel the absence of Kate's mom as this strong force in her life because hmm. she has nobody in the show. She has no adult in the show. Whereas at least in the book, you know, she's got somebody. So then you have Kate and Johnny, you know, now they're working at this radio station together, Kate and Tully and Johnny and you can kind of see the fact that Kate and Johnny are going to get together. There's no suspense. There's no delayed gratification here. Like, they're not building to anything because we already know that they get married. And that's kind of one of the issues that I had throughout is because they kept showing us the presence, there was never mm. any, like, will they, won't they? Or none of that tension when you're watching something and you're wondering how it's going to play out because they've already shown you how it plays out. And that, that to me, was kind of disappointing. 
Um, the brother's relationship, I feel, is, again, Sean is not a major character in the book. And I didn't really feel like he played much of a part in the story at all, nor should he have. It just, it didn't make sense that they kept focusing, like, whole episodes on him or big parts of the episode. It, I don't know. Um, also, she just kind of keeps going along. In, in the book, Tully's kind of saying, like, hey, we're going to be news reporters. And Kate keeps saying, like, you know, we keep seeing her thoughts where she's like, yeah, I don't really want to do that. I don't really want to work in news. I don't really want to do this. I don't really want to. And she never says anything. To like, she literally goes to the school that Tully wants them she to go to. She sets the law for the ride. Yeah, she, she joins the sorority Tully wants them to join. She works at the station Tully wants them to work at. She does, like, she goes along and does whatever Tully says. But in the show, she kind of stands up to her and she's like, yeah, I don't really want to do this, like, on-air reporting. That's not really my thing. There was no exchange program in London, the book. Again, they have a little bit more about Kate's mom and the affair, which just rubbed me the wrong way. And, um, yeah, so that's that's kind of what this episode was. It was really more about Tully and this professor and her trying to perfect her craft so that she can be good enough to get on the air and then showing that they have this these jobs in the 80s at this news station, but even there, Tully can't get on the air because there's this Carol Manser who's already got that position locked up. And... Carol does it. What is it? Carol, try... Carol tries it. Carol tries it, and she's not going to give it up. And, you know, I just, even in episode four, not on board. I was just not on board with it. And again, if we weren't doing the show, I probably would have stopped watching it. So that's kind of where I was. That's kind of where I was. Episode five. (laughs) It doesn't get any better, though. I felt like right at the end, like episode 10, I was like, all right, this is a show I would have watched. You know, like episode 10, I'm like, okay, I would watch this show. But it shouldn't take me nine episodes to get there. You know, it really shouldn't. Episode five, Tully's lie threatens the pair's friendship as Kate feels stressed over huge life changes. A treasured gift leads to a gut-wrenching goodbye. You know, in this one, that's the summary. I'll be honest with you. I don't even know what this treasured gift was. I don't remember anything that was treasured here. Um, Tellery has no boundaries with Kate because Kate's her only family. And she's never had a model for how to be in a family. Again, because she was pulled away from her grandmother so young. Now, in the book, she winds up, you know, the mom takes her. The mom gets arrested. Tully goes back and lives with grandma. And she lives with grandma until grandma dies. And then she lives with the Malarkeys. Um, so she, she does have a little bit more like how to be a family, but in this she doesn't. And she totally oversteps her boundaries left and right. Oh, the treasured gift. She buys them a dog. Um, you don't buy somebody a dog. Like you wouldn't buy, that's just, you don't. That's about to have a kid? No. Yeah, exactly. Like that's not a gift that you give somebody. So it definitely, you know, she oversteps and they're mad, but of course then they turn to love the dog and so all is forgiven and it just feels weird and icky I don't know I felt like this episode was really an episode about losses because yes they show when they when she gives them the dog but it's also when the dog dies so the death of the dog is there and the death of the dog is happening at the death of the marriage and then you know you have the birth of Mara, of Kate and Johnny's baby, which is the death of Tully and Kate, the way that they were. And you can see this in the that's delivery some deep room. Thinking there, Amy. That's what? Some deep thinking. I, that's I, some deep thinking, Amy. Hey, I'm trying, man. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to make meaning of this here. 
Um, but, you know, as Kate gives birth and then Johnny shows up and they're around the thing and they're like, this is our family. And then Tully's kind of edged out, right? She's edged out and she winds up by the door because there's, it's not her moment. It's not her baby. It's not her marriage. It's not her moment. And again, this, this idea of Tully being abandoned and Tully being lost. Um, also in this episode though, Kate gets a, a job. Kate leaves and she gets this job or after as an adult, after she's had her kids and Mara's grown up, she decides she wants to go back to work. And she thinks she's going to be an assistant editor, but she winds up as an assistant to the editor. So she's really just, you know, getting taking notes and getting coffee and everything, not what she thought she was going to be doing. And again, in the in the book, they just all they do is talk about what a gifted, gifted writer Kate is. Um, and if I feel like this assistant to the editor job would be a little bit different if they had really built that up. Like you'd really be like, oh man, that stinks. You're so much better than that. Wait, is this where we get Kimber? Yes, this is where we get Kimber. Oh, I hated her. Yeah, me too. Which I think is what we're supposed to feel like, yes. right? Oh, absolutely. And they, they only give Kimber the... They only give... You can tell that Kimber only Who is gives, that actress, by the way? Oh, I don't know. I don't think I've seen her in anything. Uh, okay. Have you? Ah, uh, she has know. a familiar I face. I like it. She but... looks like somebody who might look like somebody. I don't know. Uh, we can... We can... <laughs> Damon, you look that up while I'm talking, please. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> so... Kimber only gives Kate the job because Kate is best friends with Tully. And Kimber wants an exclusive interview with Tully. So she gets this job. And the episode ends with Kimber finding Cloud. So again, there's no Kimber. There's no assistant to the editor job for Kate in the book. There's no, you know, her finding Cloud. And it bothers me that they did this again. Again, I feel like they took this beautiful, beautiful story and maybe they felt that it would be more interesting to people if they kind of made everything edge, edgy and mean and angry and this person's getting screwed over again and again and again. I didn't like that, though, because in the book, Tully eventually decides that she wants to find Cloud, right? And she does it through her show. She goes on this journey to find Cloud, and it's something that she's coming to terms with. She's not like outed for having this mother who, you know, is whatever. And it it just, again, it was a disappointing way for them to reintroduce Cloud into the story in the adulthood, I thought. And that was kind of sad. So in episode six, the summary says the BFFs catch... catch the, so, oh, go ahead. So she's not really in anything. Okay. That, that that we would know she's in things from here and there her name is jenna ross now you know but she reminded me of busy phillips and i think that's oh, yes. what it was i could totally see that yeah yeah yep okay so the bffs catch the attention of the school bully kate attempts to move on while tully faces choices that could change her life so this is where we get a little bit more about um mutt now kate and mutt start to get together again in the book mutt is married with a child um there's no kate and mutt, mutt kate is just happily pining wait who's mutt again mutt is the cameraman the cameraman oh okay yeah so in the book um you know kate is just pining away for johnny and that's kind of the end of it but in this show kate and mutt wind up dating and you know it's fine he's a really nice guy and so kate's you know, happy. I'm making quotation marks around that in the air. Um, and so they, 
it's really just kind of that. They're just dealing with Kate moving on. Kate's like, look, Johnny doesn't want to be with me, so I'm just going to move on. She she dates him. But now we find out that the reason that Tully uh, passed out was because Tully is pregnant. And so Tully is pregnant, and there's going to be this expose that Kimber is going to publish about Tully, and she's given Kate this assignment like, you go write this article just so that Kate isn't in the office to see all of the bad things that she's writing about her so she doesn't know about this article before it's published and then, you know, it's, it's going to be published. So, I this was another, like, episode that I think was just trying to get us to the next episode because there, this, this idea of Kate and Mara comes up again too. Kate and Mara kind of conflict like 14 year old girls and their moms sometimes do. It's not overwhelming. In the book, Kate and Mara are like knocked down, drag out, kind of cannot get along. Mara hates Kate and she goes wow. to Tully all the time. She is consistently calling Tully and going to Tully and Tully. That would make more sense. Right? So we'd ha understand a lot more things. Exactly. And Tully not understanding boundaries and not knowing what mothers are supposed to do because she didn't have one and she isn't one. Tully keeps overstepping her boundaries. In the book, Mara wants to go to this concert. Kate says, no, you're too young to go to this concert. They mention it, though, right? In the, I think they, they mention, do. They do. Tully's it like, was, you know, I'm going to... Justin get, Timberlake, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take her to the concert. And the, Kate's like, no, you But see, can't. we don't see... Do we see that in the... Like, I don't... No. I don't think we see that. We don't. We don't. So there's all these kind of things. Like I said, in the book, the... Um, and again, I don't... If, if they do in season two what I think they're going to do that is finally going to break Kate and Tully apart... It's not going to make any sense because Mara and Tully don't have a strong relationship in the show. In the book, she's her go-to. She goes to Tully for everything. And they try to do that, but it's just not enough of it and it's not right. done Right, because Tully, you remember, like even they're out to lunch. She takes, she takes Mara out to lunch and Mara says something about her mom and Tully's like, hey, that's my best friend. In the book, she would just be like, ha, ha, ha. You know, like, because she really wants to have this relationship with Mara. She takes her somewhere else in the book, and someone's like, oh, my gosh, is that your daughter? And she's like, basically. Like, there's a lot that she does with Mara. So in the book, she says to Kate, I think I know how I'm going to solve your relationship with Mara. I want you guys to come on the show, and we're going to have this, you know, renowned child psychologist on the show, and they're going to really help Mara understand how to, you know, like why you have these restrictions and help the two of you to be, have this better relationship. And so they agree. They go on the show and this psychologist just rips Kate apart and says that she's a terrible parent and an awful mother and like says these really bad things about Kate and basically backs up everything that Mara has been saying. And Kate's so angry. She's like, I'm out of here. Like in the middle of the live broadcast is like, I can't believe you would do this. You are my best friend. I'm out of here. And that's the thing that splits them apart. Like basically for good until it's not for good. Does, but does, does Tully ever mess with Kate's husband? So in the book, and again, because it's chronological in the book, Johnny has a thing for Tully in the beginning. And um, he and Tully sleep together once. But I think we hear a little bit about that here. But again, we it was very it disjointed. Here. We see it here. Right. 
Exactly. It, but it because it's this back and forth and back and forth, and they haven't shown it to us yet, and we don't understand what's happening. So in the because it happens chronologically in the book, right? They have this this one night, whatever, and then Telly's like, yeah, you know what? This is not for me. Because then she finds out that Kate likes him, and she's like, I never would have done that. And so that's the end mm-hmm. of that. And then, um, but Kate always has that kind of in the back of her head. Like she always wonders if she was second choice throughout the book because he had spoken to her about how much he really liked Tully. There was none of this him saying to her like, yeah, you know, when I was almost shot in El Salvador, yours is the face that I saw, Kate. There's none of that. So she always has this doubt in the back of her mind about Johnny in the book because she knows that he wanted Tully first. And again, they don't, they don't, they don't, do it chronologically here. They don't have it be the same kind of story here. You just have, you know, the two of them, when it happens eventually, I don't think we're there yet, but Johnny and, and Tully, they get really drunk one night. Kate's already gone home with Mutt. And so Johnny and Tully kind of get really drunk and they fall into bed. And then that's kind of the end of that, you know, like they're not going to be together. There's not going to be a thing. So it really was more of like a one-time thing as opposed to Johnny really having feelings for Tully for a long time in the book before he and Kate get together. Mm. So, I don't know. So, um, that was episode six. Oh, the school bully. <laughs> you have you have this girl, I mean, who's just a super... I like that part. Typical that was funny, school bully who just is trying Punched. to make their life difficult. But again, the great thing about... And, and I agree with you. This is why I like the middle school scenes. The great thing about middle school Tully is she just doesn't care. And she just plays Is that it middle off. school Tully or high school Tully? They're still in eighth grade. Man, those girls all look pretty old for eighth they grade. They do. That I felt like like I could buy Kate as an eighth grader. Tully does not look like an eighth grader. Um, but they're still in eighth grade. They haven't gone to high school yet. So mm. this girl... Kate took care of that bully. Yeah, exactly. Just Just nasty, nasty. And, you know... But they, they deal with the bully, and again, I would love to see more of that because I loved the stories in the book from when they were younger because um, they were good. They were good stories. Episode 7. Episode seven's a weird one. Tully's mom disappoints her again. This is where she has the um, that play where she's like talking about the butterfly. I don't know if it's a play or a spoken word poetry thing. She's mm-hmm. like just reciting something, and then there are these kids dressed up like caterpillars and butterflies in the background. Um, and then Kate's boozy night with coworkers causes trouble. So you have this school play thing with Kate again. I it's not in the book. I think it's just happening to show us that Cloud will continue to disappoint. Um, she talks to her mom about, "Hey, I'm preparing for this thing." She's rehearsing in front of her mom, and then Cloud seems to be a parent. And she's like, hey, you should try it this way. Like, use your whole body and really get into it. Don't just recite it. And so then Tully really does that. And it's great. She does such a great job at the performance. But, of course, Cloud doesn't come. And so that happens. And then the big thing that happens here, well, actually, I should say, so you have the night before where, well, I just mentioned in the last episode, um, where... Kate and Mutt go back to Mutt's place. Mutt winds up falling asleep, so Kate comes home. And then while Kate is in bed, Johnny and Tully come home, and she can hear Johnny and Tully together through the walls. And she's so angry and so upset. The next morning, they all have to go to work together. And they go to work together, and they're in the van, and they pull over into this convenience store to grab a couple things. And while Tully is inside, there's somebody robbing the store. 
and Tully winds up immediately. She she lets them know this is what's happening. Johnny's like, Mutt, start filming. Mutt starts filming the outside. Tully is kind of narrating what's happening inside the store. She winds up getting shot. And, you know, this is so much like one of the, and this happens in the book too. It's like one of those stories where people get discovered um, in weird ways. Like someone was like pumping gas and singing a song and a record producer happened to come in and like that was their big break. So this is really Tully's big break. Everybody loves her coverage of this. I'm not really sure that I felt like it was coverage of the event. She was just kind of telling them what was happening in the yeah. store. Yeah, I didn't feel that way. Yeah, I, I'm not... To me, this wouldn't really be like, oh, my God, we got to get that person, except for if they were just kind of trying to ride the fame of, yeah, this person was in a store and told us about it and got shot. But, you know, I guess that's show business. I don't know. So that's really what this episode's about. It's about the fact that Cloud has disappointed again. So they really just kind of half and half it. Half of it is about the 70s and, and Tully preparing for this this performance and then her mom letting her now letting her down and then the the aftermath of Tully and Johnny being together and of course she does the Kate does tell Tully here before she goes in like you know yeah I'm upset of course I really like him episode eight (laughs) feel free to break in anytime guys no, it's it's. How about we wrap episode eight, nine, and ten all together? Gosh, I'm like, this is brutal. It is. So <laughs> in episode eight, we got vows are made and hearts are broken as Kate navigates a strained relationship with her brother. This one I did not understand because it's all about Sean's wedding. Sean, who is gay, has now decided that he's going to marry a woman because he's he can't tell his family he can't be out in the world and it's not going to happen. They open again with this funeral and I'm still wondering like what is this funeral who is it what's going on? I now know that it's not Tully because we see Tully get out of a car on the opposite side of the church. So I don't know what's happening, but I'm really not curious enough that if I wasn't watching for the show that I would have been like I need to watch the next episode and find out who died. I don't care. Um, so this See, is, that, I was the opposite that I, at that point, yeah, I want to know the, who it was Yeah, at yeah. that point. Like that's the only, that, that was one of the main reasons why I wanted to keep watching was, Oh, what's going on? Where at the beginning we were like, Oh man, Tully died. What yeah, happened? I don't even, I don't even know. Like, again, like even after watching it all, I'm kind of like, why are they mad at each other again? Right. Because they know. haven't set it up because it doesn't make any sense because it doesn't. <laughs> and just, I mean, you probably already could have guessed this. No funeral in the book. Um, so so we're in Sean's wedding, and the whole episode feels like it's about Sean, and I don't get it. And I enjoyed the part where Kate tells Johnny that she wrote the toast because, again, Kate and Johnny are not together, um, but they've had this drunken night where Johnny does tell her that he liked her, but then he was with Tully, and she's just a mess about it, and she's still with Mutt. And so they're at the wedding, and... Tully has been asked by Sean to write the toast. Again, they're not, they haven't really played up how close she is with the family at this no, point. No, not at all. So it's weird, although she's the, and it's even weirder because she's the only one who knows that he's gay. And he's like, hey, you write the toast for me to marry this woman that you know is a sham. It just was, I don't know, it just didn't make sense to me. Um, so, and of course, Telly can't write the toast because Telly's not the writer. And so Kate's like, I'll write the toast. And so they do a little bit of backstory of a time when the kids were young and the mom asked them to clean out the garage. And in cleaning out the garage, they find yeah, this. What did that mean? What does what mean? 
Like what? what it, like that just seemed like his weird story. Well, again, I, it's a weird thing for them to do because I think the whole reason that happened was to set up something that she could write in the toast so that he would know that she wrote the toast, which I don't know. Like, I don't know. So in the garage, they find this viewmaster. They reminisce about this visit to the Grand Canyon, and then they get in a fight, as they always do, and they she throws something, and they break their dad's car, and then now we're back to the present again, and she writes this toast, and in the toast, she mentions something about Viewmaster viewers and the Grand Canyon, and so as Tully is giving this beautiful toast, Sean looks at Kate, and he smiles because he knows that she wrote the toast, and they've already had it out earlier. Kate accidentally tripped into the wedding cake, and, mm-hmm. you know, she ruins it. And Sean's like, well, I expected this from you. You're basically a mess and you always do something to ruin everything. And she's like, why do you not love me? And they kind of have it out. And he's like, I can't do this and walks away. But now he knows that she's written the toast. And so now, now they're good. And uh, then we have the reception. Mutt is videographing, videographing, videoing, recording the reception. <laughs> and he's kind of looking around and Kate and Johnny get in an argument on the other side of the room, which Mutt happens to film. And, you know, he's just like, there's just something about that Tully. She's a force of nature. And he's talking about how great she is. And he's like, that toast, that's the real Tully. And Kate's like, I wrote that toast, you idiot. And they're mad at each other. And then Johnny's like, oh, light bulb. Kate's the amazing one. And, of course, Muck gets it on film. And Muck's like, you don't yell at somebody like that if you're not passionate about them. And so that's the end of uh, Kate and and Mutt. And it ends with... Um, it ends with Tully having a miscarriage. Oh, in the meantime, I guess I haven't really talked about this. In the meantime... Kate has married the EMT that got her pregnant. Um, And then it ends with her having a miscarriage. So episode nine, uh, after one of Tully's birthdays, and this is where I felt like the show started to get good. Episode nine, to me, was the best episode of the whole series. After one of Tully's birthdays ends in disasters, Kate becomes devoted to making her friend's big day special. So... It's Tully's birthday, which is apparently right after Thanksgiving. And when they're kids, Tully's mom has this grand gesture, right? She's going to take Tully and Kate out to this restaurant, really fancy restaurant, which, of course, is not the norm for Tully and her mom. She's going to be able to do this because the guy that she's seeing at the time is the piano player at the restaurant. And he tells her that she gets he gets a free meal for the nights that he plays. And so (laughs) they go to this restaurant and they order all this really expensive food, and then they, you know, the, the time comes to pay the bill, and she says, well, it's on him. My, my boyfriend's the piano player. He gets a free meal, and the waiter's like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, and so then the boyfriend comes over, and he's like, what's up, and she's like, you said that you got a free meal, and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. You should probably leave, and she's like, it's fine. It's fine. I'll pay. We can splurge. She's like, oh, my wallet's in the car. Come on, girls. Let's go get my wallet. And the waiter's not having any of it. He's like, no, why don't you just go get the wallet? The girls can wait here. And there's this whole big scene where she's yelling and cursing and everything. And of course, it's a huge mess. And happy birthday, Tully. So Tully now has to come back to do the show on her birthday. And apparently now we're, you know, back in the 2000s. 
And when Tully's, when it's Tully's birthday on the show, she does one of these Oprah giveaways, right? You get a car and you get a car and you get a car. And it's a heavily, heavily sponsored show, right? Because of course, all of these companies, she's got like the number two show only after Oprah. All of these companies want her to give away their products for free publicity and it'll be amazing. Well, not free, I guess, if they're sponsoring the show. And she starts to do the show. It's her first show back since she's had the miscarriage. And she gives away some phone that's not coming out. I think it's like it's like the first iPhone. She's like, look, you can take a picture with this phone. And everybody's like, ooh. And then she has this picture frame where it's got like digital pictures. And of course, the picture on the frame is a mother and a baby. And it just breaks her right there because she's been trying to be strong. And, you know, I can power through. This is fine. Actually, you you realize at this point though that like wow those guys that are kind of forcing her to continue to do the show awful. man that was terrible awful awful human beings yeah exactly exactly and again though I don't know what she's told them I don't know if she's even told them why she was out like you know like Johnny obviously knows but I don't know I don't know if they know her personal life. I don't know if they... And I There's a lot of what I don't know. Right. There's a lot of disjointed scenes that I just, I can't even place together. Yeah, and I can't tell you, like from the book, if they know, because there was no pregnancy and miscarriage in the book, nor was there an EMT <laughs> that she marries in the book. So this is just for TV. So it's this, it, it's she, she stops when she sees the baby and then she just kind of pauses and she says, who in this audience has had a miscarriage? And she really kind of starts about, because I just did. And she really starts talking about it. And then she's going out in the audience and she's having these women share and she's sharing. And to me, this was maybe the best moment, the best scene in the whole series, because it's finally what she should be doing. It's the right thing to do. It's connecting with people. It's sharing. Like, that's how you connect with people. You share yourself. You share your life. And right up until now, it's been all fluff. And so I really loved this. I loved this moment. It's the first time I didn't care that they diverted from the book because obviously none of this was in the book, but I, I really loved this scene and I thought it was really, really powerful. Then they move from this, you know, the next day, of course, you know, Johnny's like, that was great. She's like, this is the best show we've ever done. And he's like, you know, the sponsors are going to drop us because they're going to be mad you didn't do the stuff. And she's like, I know I'll deal with that tomorrow. Tomorrow comes, and we've had to have these flashbacks throughout of Tully applying for an anchor position, or being wooed, actually, for an anchor position, I think by, like, NBC, and she meets with the guy, and the guy says that he will give her the job if she sleeps with him, and she says, my answer will always be no, and he says, all right, well, then you can't have the job. And so, of course, she comes in the next day after this beautiful, beautiful show about miscarriage. And Johnny says, hey, she's like, you don't work here anymore. You're supposed to leave. Because in the meantime, Johnny has gotten a job in Iraq for two two months. Um, you don't work here anymore. And he said, yeah, but I needed to be here to tell you the show got sold and repurchased. And she's like, it's okay, whatever. I'll make them love me. And she walks into the studio. And who now owns this show? But it's the guy who told her she'd have to sleep with him in order to get the anchor job. So that's kind of the end. And this is the first good cliffhanger, I think. This is the first time I was like, oh, man, I got to see episode 10 because I need to know how this turns out. And that was that was the end of episode 9. I agree. Episode. I think episodes 9 and now 10 are the episodes that kind of... I don't, I don't want to say made the show better, but definitely 
Yeah, because it, it was terrible. <laughs> it kept me interested. It kept right. me interested. Yeah, more interested than the other episodes agreed. Let yes. me ask you a question. As men, what did you think about the, you know, her scrapping the format to do the miscarriage show? What were your thoughts on that? I mean, that's that's real. It was authentic. I, it was fine. I mean. Yeah. I don't know if I necessarily had specific man well, I had been reading some things, and there were it. there had been some men who were like, oh, it was too schmaltzy, it was too over the top, da, da, da. And I was just curious if I loved it because I'm a woman, or if I loved it because <laughs> it was a beautiful moment, you know? So, I liked it. Okay. It was All fine, right. yeah. All right, episode 10. Episode 10. Over holidays past and present, relationships shift and truths are spoken as Tully and Kate reshape their expectations for what the future holds. So episode 10, although I really liked it, it was the biggest mishmash of like what is happening. And I thought Kate was like having a breakdown. She was so back and forth on things in this episode, like all within the same timeline that I was like, I don't understand what is happening, but I still loved it. So this is Tully tries to start over with Max. She realizes that she was wrong. She said some really hurtful things to him. Um, this is the EMT dude, yes, right? Yes, yes. Um, after the miscarriage. All the dudes kind of looked alike, I'm going to be honest with you. They did. They did. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Tully definitely had a type. Um, so she, she, try, she says to him, you know, I'm really sorry. I said some really hurtful things. And he's like, well, you know, I lost a baby too here. Like, and, and when I needed comfort from you, you turned me away. And she's like, I know I need to start over with you. And he's like, well, I feel like our whole relationship is me chasing you. And she's like, yeah, and I don't want it to be that way. So tomorrow at three, I'm going to be at the gazebo where we got married. If you want to try again, meet me there. And later in the episode, she goes to the gazebo and he doesn't show up. Yeah. And he doesn't show up. But here's the thing. What she says as, so Kate shows up, of course, because that's who Kate is. Kate is kind of hiding in the wings. And when she sees that Max doesn't come, Kate comes out and she's like, he didn't show. And she's like, I know. And she's like, why are you here? And she's like, "Ah, I was just kind of here just in case. And so they kind of hug and they're walking out of the gazebo and Telly says, he didn't want me. And to me, that is the most telling thing of who Telly is because it shows how completely narcissistic she is. And how she totally really still misses what she did to Max and how she treated him and how she made him feel. And that statement made me feel so icky about Tully, which is, hmm. which is true. Like that, that is who Tully is, right? Just he didn't want me. No, no, Tully. He did want you. You were awful to him. And he's not going to allow himself to be treated that way. So he's decided he's done. So that was kind of the wrap up of the, the Tully and Max storyline. Then you have, then we find out that it's the funeral is for Kate's dad. Kate's dad has had a heart attack. And of course, to show that he's had heart problems, they haven't really been mentioned at any time in the other nine episodes. But now we have these flashbacks to Kate's dad having a heart attack in the past. And it's when Kate's dad had a heart attack in the past when Kate Johnny and comes to the Johnny rescue. get together. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So apparently Kate's dad needs to have some trauma in order to make Kate and Johnny get together. <clears throat> However, in the present, Kate is with Travis. Kate has sort of to, to really cultivate that she's signed the divorce papers with Johnny. She and Travis are starting to date. She leaves this series of uh, over-the-top phone messages 
on Travis's answering machine and of course her daughter and Travis's daughter and their friend all hear the messages which kind of outs the relationship which makes Mara really upset and angry as it would me if my friends overheard my mom leaving messages like that on a machine. Um, so it really does seem like she's done with Don Johnny. Travis is supposed to come over. Kate, Kate, again, Kate is not like this adventurous kind of person, but Kate opens the door to Travis completely naked. And of course, Travis has brought his mother with him because why wouldn't you give a heads up to the woman that you're dating that you're bringing your mother? Um, and so she's super embarrassed. The mom is actually pretty cool about it. Um, and then he leaves. And then later in the episode, Johnny shows up. And then she and Johnny sleep together. And then Johnny leaves the next morning for Iraq. And then um, in Iraq, he's walking and gets blown up with um, a landmine. And that's where we end. And, and we don't know what happened. <laughs> and, right. And so here's the thing. So that does happen in the book. The um, the him going to Iraq and the landmine piece does happen. Wait, in the he's book. dead from the landmine. He's not in the book. Um, so in the book, he winds up in um, a coma for a while because there's damage to his brain. They're not sure if he's going to walk or talk again. You have to remember in the book, they're not divorced. Um, so I don't know if this is going to bring him home now. Like if she'll take care of him while he recovers and like that'll keep them together. I don't really know in the book. <laughs> Now that we've gone through all of these episodes, in the book, like I said, it goes chronologically. It builds throughout. Tully and Mara have this really strong relationship. Mara and Kate have a terrible relationship. Tully kind of brings her on the show. She gets totally, you know, sideswiped. I can't think of the word that I want. That ends the friendship. Pretty much soon after that happens, like a month, and the whole time they're saying, you know, Wait, wait what happens at the end of the friendship? So Kate uh, Tully brings Kate and Mara on the show, and that child psychologist oh, yeah, basically yeah, okay, calls her you. bad mother. Yeah. So Tully never apologizes. Not once in the book does she ever say sorry for anything. But why are they not friends now? Or we just haven't seen that. Well, like, why are they not friends in the show? I think that's going to happen. I'm assuming that's what's going to happen, is that the relationship with Mara will get worse, and then they will have this scene where that happens. But in the book, right after this breakup, of Tully and Kate happens after the the show about a month or mm -hmm. two later they haven't spoken because Kate's like I am not in the wrong and this is the one time I'm not going to apologize because this is on Tully and Tully doesn't recognize the fact I was just trying to help I was just trying to mend their relationship right Kate finds out she has breast cancer stage four and it, it went unnoticed and she's dying and she's going through chemo and she goes through all these things and she and Telly are still not speaking um, because Telly has not called to apologize. And Kate finally calls her and she leaves a message and she's like, Telly, I can't believe you haven't called to apologize to me. Um, I have some stuff going on. I need to talk to you. And then hangs up. And Tully is like away on location somewhere and she comes home and there's been a power outage. So part of the message cuts off. So like all she hears is, I can't believe you haven't called to apologize. There's a lot of stuff going on. She doesn't hear the, you know, like I need you kind of piece. And so um, it's not until Kate is basically at death's door that somehow, and I can't remember exactly how, but Tully winds up 
reaching out or Kate, I think Kate calls her again. And Kate's like, I'm at the hospital. Yes. That's what happens. Kate calls her assistant and the assistant's like, uh, Kate Malarkey's on the phone. And she's like, tell her, I don't want to talk to her. And she's like, she says, you need to get yourself blah, 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 blah. And she's like, you know, I'm not talking to her. And she's, and then the assistant's like, she said, you need to get on the phone. So she picks up and she's like, what do you want? You know, you haven't called me in months, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I'm in the hospital, Riverside, come. So she goes and it's already the end. And so Kate drops everything, stops the show, whatever, or Tully drops everything to kind of take care of Kate and the family in her final months. And, you know, she's like, I, you know, I, I didn't know. How come you didn't reach out? And Kate's mom is like, and again, it makes sense because in the book, Kate's mom and Tully have a relationship. She's like, she called you. That's it. Doesn't matter what she said. She called you. You should have called her back. And then Kate dies. And it's Damn. so heart-wrenching <laughs> and sad and so beautifully, beautifully written. And it makes so much sense the way that Tully Yeah, I don't think we're going to get that here. Because of the way that it's built up throughout the story, throughout the chronology of the story. It's one of the most beautiful endings of... I was sobbing as I read the end of this book. And I had read it years ago. And then, like I said, I just reread it the other day. And we had a snow day last Monday. And that's what I did. I reread the book on Monday. And at the end, like, I'm texting my friends. And I was like, I forgot how sad this book was. And just sobbing my eyes out because it was so beautiful. And there just are no moments like that in the show. And they've... I really felt like, and it's through no fault of like the actors. Like I don't fault them. This is the story they were given, but I just felt like Netflix really bastardized the whole story. And I, I don't know why, because it was a beautiful story and it really would have translated just fine to the screen. It really, uh, there's no reason to change anything. People would have watched it and people would have loved it. So and, I guess the question is, are you going to watch the next season? Yes. Yes, I am. Because I have to know what they're doing with it. I have to know what they're what they're gonna do. Like, are they gonna have Johnny come back and convalesce with Kate? Are they not? Like I, I why are we having this funeral? Are they gonna do the thing with Mara? Like, or what are they gonna make up that happens to break up Tully and Kate? Because they're really Tully's done a lot of really bad stuff. And again, in the show, she really hasn't. But in the book, she did a lot of really bad stuff that Kate kept forgiving her for. So, like, what's going to be the straw that bakes the camel's back? And is it going to be believable? And is Tully going to try to find a relationship? Because in the book, she doesn't. You know, it's not till right at the very end when Kate is dying that she starts to really reexamine her life and be like, I missed out on all of this because I put career first. And I don't know. So, well, I know... I know Damon had uh, he had to leave a little bit because he had something to do with his family and whatnot. But I know I probably speak for him that he might watch it just to see. Right. But I wouldn't be surprised um, if he just says no. This 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 show's not for me. Yeah. But for me, I know I'm going to I, I'm going to at least give it an episode or two just to see what happens because I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, I I finished the show before my wife did because obviously I was in a rush to get it done before we recorded this episode. So I'm interested to see what her final thoughts are going to be on it. Did she read um, the book? No, she did not mm. read the books. And that's the other piece too. I can't help but wonder. And again, I know you two didn't read the book either, but I can't help but wonder what like other people who didn't read the book would think about it. Because maybe on its own, maybe if I wasn't always, it's kind of like last, last episode, right? We watched the Wink Saga 
And we had Ella on, who is a Winx super fan, who literally knows everything about the original series and was really disappointed in this because it didn't match the series. I watched Winx. I really enjoyed it. (laughs) I thought it was really good. I thought there were parts of it that were really slow, but because I wasn't (laughs) comparing it to anything, I didn't, I wasn't disappointed by anything, you know? And so I can't help but wonder if, my feelings about the series, and again, I, I did. I loved, I loved the acting. I love, I love the actors. I should say. Um, I wonder if I didn't have it have something to compare to, if I would have liked it more. And right. so I kind of feel bad not liking it because I feel like I had, I don't know, an unfair advantage by reading the book. I'm curious. I'm also curious what other Kristen Hanna fans thought of it. Other well, people who read if you're a Kristen Hanna fan and you are listening to this podcast, definitely leave us a message on Facebook to see what your if your you know thoughts match Amy's or if you completely disagree with her. But definitely let us know what your your thoughts are on on the show. I mean, for me personally, it was okay. I, I it was right up there with Winks. Like I I enjoyed it kind of. It was okay. They had its moments, but. Wasn't one of the favorite shows that we've watched. Yeah. Even even compared to the shows that I watched, like Brooklyn Saints or um, the, what was the the the, the Goonie like show? What was it called? The Great Finding Ohana. Finding Ohana. Uh, it, I like those better. Yeah. So yeah, I did. Oh, absolutely. I I would rewatch Daughter from Another Mother three times. <laughs> to All watch right. This again. You guys are never so, gonna hey, let me pick a show again, are you? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have to think very strongly about it probably, <laughs> but we'll, 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 we'll talk off, off air. Okay. <laughs> what, do you have any shows real quick that you are looking forward to watching? Uh, you know what? I didn't even, I, I didn't even look. I don't even know. I actually came out at the same time. I really want to watch Invisible City. Invisible okay. City came out. Um, and it just looks like something that I would really be interested in. So that is one that I'm definitely planning on watching. Um, there's also coming out with To All the Boys, Always and Forever. I love the To All the Boys I've Loved Before uh, books, and I'm totally watching all of the movies. I think that's good. And then I thought Behind Her Eyes looked interesting as well. Um, just, again, this you know it's never going to end well, when it says a single mother enters a world of twisted mind games when she begins yes. an affair with her psychiatrist boss and begins befriending his mysterious wife. That's just not going to end well. So I'm super interested in that. Oh, and then Squared Love. I wanted to see Squared Love. I, it's about okay. a journalist. I'm all about journalists and journalism. So. Well, I, I definitely had Behind Her Eyes. I had Tribes of Europa. Mm-hmm. That looked cool. Post-apocalyptic Europe. And then I'm trying to find where it was. It looked really, really good. Oh, the Pele movie. Yes. So I'm def- yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely want to watch that. And if there, is there any time, I might even watch Age of Samurai. Uh, okay. I've been really into uh, samurai shows lately and that kind of stuff. So that's it. So I, I'm not sure what Damon wanted to watch later, but I'm sure he'll have something up his sleeve. We'll talk about what we're going to watch for episode 20 later. And you can always- check in on the on the web Facebook page because we'll give you a heads up what we're going to watch so that you can yes. watch it too. Yes, definitely. So again, if you uh, have any thoughts on Firefly Lane, definitely let us know, especially if you read the books. Let us know if uh, you, know, you agree with Amy or if Amy was totally off base, which is probably very possible. Totally possible. 
But as always, guys, give us a like on the iTunes, on the Facebook, wherever you're listening to. Thank you so much, and we will catch you next time. Bye, everyone. Just a disclaimer here. No members of the Boomtron podcast are employed by Netflix, nor do they have any business ties with the Netflix Corporation. This podcast for entertainment purposes only, and all Netflix news and information that is shared is simply what these three yahoos found online.